Before we get into the show and introduce today's guest, I would just like to thank United Medical Credit for being sponsors of this podcast and of the Business of Dentistry. As a matter of fact, they have a special offer for Business of Dentistry members, 0% merchant fees for the rest of the year, and 30% discount for life after that. You can get that special deal by either going to DocOffInvestments.com and clicking on the deal section, or by going directly to www.unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash TBOD. Thanks again, UMC. Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey guys, this is Doc Huffberry coming to you from my studio here in Alvin, Texas. Today, I've got a really cool guest. Um, some of you may love him. Some of you may hate him. I've seen some, <laughs> seen some arguments on the internet about this, but today we are interviewing Dr. Ronald Sheftor. And Ron, before we get into what it is you talk about and what you teach, talk to us a little bit about your journey in dentistry. Um, what brought you to dentistry? How long you practiced, you know, how you practice, private practice, corporate, what, what have you. So let's talk about that real quick. All right. <clears throat> we'll start in dental school, actually, because that's, that's how this all started. Um, I was doing my requirements early. <clears throat> and so they said, well, you're not graduating. So what do you like to do? And at that time, there was no such thing as cosmetic dentistry. There was full mouth rehabs and, and basically it was the cosmetic dentistry that I liked, it just didn't attach a name to it. So they go, okay, if you wanna do full mouth rehabs, we'll put you in the clinic and uh, we're gonna basically give you your own office with a hygienist and you're gonna be doing full mouth rehabs with a prosthodontist. And that's actually what we did. Um, so my senior year, we went through a bunch of cases together and um, so what I realized very quickly is that I'm in the middle of a full mouth rehab and I'm doing all these recare checks. I go, this makes no sense at all. I'm doing a, you know, at that time, a $10,000 case is probably like a, a $50,000 case today. And I've got to go check toenail fungus in the other room. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It drove me crazy. So um, the prosthodontist said, yeah, I just went without hygienist because he says, you know, you just do minimum recares, but the people that I attracted needed a lot of work. And I go, oh, I love that model. I mean, that's just, you know, perfect. So I started practicing. And of course, everybody says you're wrong. So I started off, you know, as a family dentist and, and we got really busy. I got one associate, two associates, a second location, three, four associates, a third location, five, six associates. And what I managed, what I realized like you, is that I'm very good at creating businesses, getting them busy, getting them very profitable. I love taking care of patients, but managing 30 monkeys drove me crazy. Yeah, I, I feel you, man. I really do. And, you know, it's interesting. We were talking before we went on the air and there were so many similarities in our story. I graduated early too. I graduated in October and they told me the same thing. You ain't going anywhere because <laughs> you graduate at the same time everyone else does. So I went around to all of the difference. I pretended I wanted to specialize in perio, endodontics, and oral surgery. I didn't lie to them. I just told them, you know, I find this really interesting. I'd like to know more about it before I graduated. And so I spent all my time in those clinics helping other students. And I learned so much from doing that. It really, really catapulted my skills whenever I got out. So the next phase. Yep. So, yeah, the next phase, you know, I didn't want to manage monkeys. And after 17 years of pushing that model, um, I realized that, and I was making, I don't even want to tell you what I'm making because it'll make you sick. I mean, it was, uh, it was ridiculous. So the money was not the issue. It was the satisfaction that I was getting every day. I was getting up about frustration and doing things I didn't want to do. So I says, you know, what? I'm going to sell it. And my wife was, my wife is fantastic. Been married 50 years, best friend. And she said, look, just sell the damn thing, take a year off, figure out what you want to do when you grow up and just be happy. So I looked at a lot of other businesses, came back to dentistry because I said, that's the only thing I've done in my life that gives me a lot of satisfaction when I, the perio was huge for me too, by the way. Uh, when I get somebody healthy, 
uh, periodontal-wise, and then restored her teeth and give them a great smile, and they could function great the rest of their life. I, I, we're weird as dentists, right? I mean, that gives me some satisfaction. So I went back and I says, you know what? I won the money game already. And this is early, in my early 40s. I says, I'm just going to set up an office and do what I want to do, who I want to see, and how I want to do it. I don't. If I don't make any money, that's fine with me. But I want to come home at the end of the day and say, you know what? I had fun. I, I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed so I set up this no hygienist model and the hygienists want to make a big deal out of this that, you know, I'm bashing hygienists. I don't, I'm not bashing hygienists. I was very selfish. I just wanted to do something that I wanted to do. And it wasn't chair hopping. So, and it wasn't seeing volume of patients. So I set up this model where I just saw one patient at a time, fully diagnosed, which takes time. And, you know, hygienist model, most of the doctors, I've talked to over 450 doctors since I've retired in the last two years, almost all of them tell me their, their exams are two to four minutes. Yeah, my, mine, mine, were, mine were an hour and a half. There you go. Mine too. Very, very similar paths. So, you know, it takes time to fully diagnose, get a patient with a low IQ or medium IQ up to where we are, have them make choices then break it down because most people aren't going to afford five, 10, 20, 30,000, $100,000 cases. So now you got to do it in stages, figure that out with them and get them comfortable along the way. It's quite a process and it takes time to do it. You can't have a hygienist. Now online, you said the hygienists were all pissy about it. It's, I'm not bashing hygienists, but the, the recent thing is that the hygienists are telling me they can fully diagnose. And I'm going crazy because I'm going, you know, and I go, there is no way that you could fully diagnose even a medium case. This I, takes so I, I'm gonna, much I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something that I'm going to get a lot of heat for. And guys, I said this, Ron did not. This was me. There's a lot of dentists out there who can't fully diagnose either. You know, there's, there's a difference. And I, one of the things I, I saw very early in my career is that there were people and you would say something and you'd get jumped on by an older dentist who wasn't very knowledgeable. And they would say, I've been, their, their argument was always, I've been practicing 30 years. I finally get pissed off one day. And I said, motherfucker, you've worked 30 times one year. You were the same year, 30 times. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in education. I know more than you. Yeah. You know, by the way, this will have an I explicit tag on the, um, on the podcast. <laughs> well, so when a dentist comes to me and they want my help on a no hygienist model, one of the first things is, do you have to, can you fully diagnose? Let's go through some cases together. Let, show me some slides of your shit, right? A guy comes in, he's got mostly, you know, a 40 and older practice, and he's got, you know, six, seven, 800,000 active patients, and he's doing three crowns a month. Dude, you're sleeping at the wheel. I see that you do like three scalings in a month. Dude, you're doing bloody profies all day long. I mean, there's no diagnosing going on. So no. it's like, look... Yeah, before I help you, you we have to learn how to diagnose. Is that well, something that you're interested in? Learning to diagnose helps your patients, and that's what we're out there to do anyway. You know, and, and, and the guys who are out there who, who criticize people who are doing it and who are making a profit in their practice and who are putting down big numbers in production and collections, those are the guys who are not diagnosing correctly because there's so much dentistry out there that needs to get done. And there's so many people out there not diagnosing. I mean, 50% of your adults that are age 50 and under have periodontal disease. 80% of adults who are 80%, 80 years old or younger have some form of periodontal disease, including gingivitis. If you're not diagnosing at least 50% of your patients with something, you're not doing it right. And I could leave you live with 40% because um, a lot of the patients have gone through your program already. You know, so if you've got a really, really strong and good perio department and you've diagnosed things, you know what, 35, 40%, but you got to prove it to me. I want to see some, some stuff here, right? And I imagine you've been around the country. Maybe you can speak to this, Ron, but I imagine that places like Cupertino or somewhere where there's a really, really high level of education, you probably have a lower amount of periodontal disease simply because people are more cognizant of the processes that lead to it. Yeah, California, a little bit more health conscious. You go to the Midwest, I'll go, you know, and this, you hit on a thing, I can go 15 different directions here, but the main thing that you just covered is that, okay, dentists have to diagnose. We know that takes time. 
and takes a skill to talk to the patient and present this. When you do a two to minute, two to five minute exam, that can't happen. It just can't. So when you do a hygienist in network model, there is no freaking way you could fully diagnose. You can't do it. It's impossible. That's my beef. That's, I go, I thought we were going into this to care for patients. The biggest thing I have to work with next to diagnosing with dentists is their confidence and their purpose. I have to get back to purpose with them. I mean, these guys have been around 10, 15 years. They lost focus on why they're a dentist. Well, and, and a lot of these guys, I, I, I find a big problem here is that dentists, because of the fact that we're like one of the only professions other than lawyers who people just openly publicly hate, I think mm -hmm. that dentists want to be liked. And so they don't tell people hard truths. I like to call those guys watchadonists. Because like literally the words, let's watch that have never escaped my lips. Because if there's something there, it needs Mine to be either. treated. I don't care if it's a sealant. I don't care if it is an occlusal guard. I don't care if it is SDF in some cases. Hey, look, you have some incipient decay here. Let's make sure that thing stops so we don't have to do something more invasive because frankly, the good Lord made your teeth and he's a far better dentist than I am. And my work will always fail. His fails. Let's keep his as long as possible. Yeah, we use the same phrases. <laughs> I can't believe we never ran into each other before. I, 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 the more we talk, the more I realize we, we're going to have to actually meet and, and hang out. So, but it's the truth. And that's the thing is you don't have to worry about, quote, over-treatment or selling dentistry if you just tell people the truth. Yep. Just show them. You know, I use a SoPro camera. I don't get a dime. I love, I love the SoPro life. I did find that it, it took really crappy pictures, though, so I had to bring a DSLR into the practice as yep. well. But, yep. um, yeah, man, just being able to show them, hey, look, you see this bright red? Well, that's actually an oxidative reaction. It, it's a utilization of ATP by the bacteria. And when they do that, you know, you read that book, whenever you're a kid, everybody poos, well, bacteria poo too, and they poop acid, and that's what causes your tooth to get a cavity. So well, you're, this is all bacteria same. poop. Who do you, man, we must have listened to the same people or thought to the, prayed to the same God, because, you know, we we're, the stuff coming out of your mouth that's is hilarious. exactly what I've been saying. 37 years I've been doing this, and this model, 37 years. So nobody can bullshit me on this. In fact, you know, I had the big model too. There's, there isn't much I haven't seen in dentistry and, and done myself, which is another thing that burns me is that when people hire a coach or listen to somebody, listen to somebody that's been through it, that's been successful, that has already done what you're trying to do, right? So I, my, my guy or lady that wants to do our model typically wants to do 800 to a million two and have a 40 to 50% overhead and have three staff, and take lots of vacations and work three, four days a week. And, and I, I would go so far as to say that um, it is not currently possible to hit a 40% overhead if you're employing a hygienist. I, I'm going to come right was, out and say that. Yeah, there was a time not many years ago that it was. Today, I, I think- I, I think it crossed over when the hygienist um, average wage went above $26 an hour because I believe it jumped to 28 the next year and that broke yeah. it about right there. Yep. Uh, well, actually, I have two practices that are at 40%, but they're out in the boonies, rural. The rent is nothing. People are getting 10 bucks an hour. I, that's a very rare case. Right. But I think, I think today you could, I think almost any dentist, unless you're downtown San Francisco or something like that, you can get under 50%. And I show them how to do that all day long. There's a lot of easy ways that you could save money without reducing your quality. So I show dentists how to do that. Um, and then I go through their profit. That when they get a hold of me, I do a few things that really helps them a lot. I look at their profit and loss and see where they're bleeding. And then the summary production to see what they're not doing. Please tell me that you actually teach them how to read a PL and how to read a more importantly, a cash flow statement. Yeah, I do. And I do it simply, and we do it like in one session. At the end of the session, I, and I usually get their spouse involved if the spouse is involved in the practice at all, because usually the spouse actually catches on better than the doctor does. And so I go, good, now you're in charge of this. So doc, you don't even have to worry about this anymore. So then I get the wife involved 
basically serving as a CFO. And that works out really well in a lot of cases. Okay. So Ron, my wife and I have this deal. Um, so she is, she's also a doctor. She's a veterinarian. And um, she is an absolutely stone cold killer whenever it comes to our budget. So, so is my wife. <laughs> so my wife, literally, we, our kids, everyone, when we have a, a discussion about money, she is our household CFO. And that is her title. That is what we call yeah. her whenever we're having those discussions. Uh, because, you know, you've been married for a while. I, I, I met mine in 1993 and we got married in 2003. So I've been married for a while myself. And I learned that the secret to success, not just in marriage, but in business as well, is finding someone who truly wants to be a partner. And to be a partner, you have to have defined roles. That's why so many partnerships in dentistry don't work. Everybody wants to drill and fill. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. Nobody wants to be the CFO. No one wants, everyone wants to be the CEO. Everyone wants to make the decisions. Nobody wants to be held accountable or hold other people accountable. So I, I love that you said that. Yeah. And you know, the biggest thing, I, I almost feel like a marriage counselor a lot of times because a husband and wife, a lot of times we're a small business, they'll be doing this together. I get them on the phone, they're sitting there arguing the whole time. Whoa, 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 whoa. What we got to do is we're going to pick out who's going to be interested in what. And that, that person will be in charge of that department and they'll have the final say. The other spouse can give them their opinion and talk about it and debate. But ultimately, the decision is going to be you know, in treatment, doc, it's going to be you, you know, there's some things in the office that you're going to be the man and, and we're going to find out what your strengths are. So you're confident on doing that. But if you want your spouse to do this with you, she's going to be in charge of some stuff and you're going to shut up and sit down. <laughs> so guys, and, uh, for station identification, we are interviewing Dr. Ronald Sheffdoor, and um, he teaches the no hygienist model of dental practice. He's going to share with us a couple of things that you can do to bring your overhead down since insurance reimbursements have gone down so much and wages have gone up and costs have gone up and you guys are being crushed between a rock and a hard place. So Ron, back to you. Can you give us five tips of things that they can do that they can do tomorrow, whether they engage your services as a coach or not? Um, yep. And then we'll talk more about how they get into your coaching program and exactly what that looks like. So first thing is five things they can go tomorrow and do to be more profitable. Okay. First and foremost, you have to learn how to read a profit and loss statement. And when you go through your profit and loss statement, I'm going to, you have to know on every line item, what percentages where there, they should be, right? So your rent, for example, it, it should be around 5%. You know, it's 4%, you're doing really good. It's 10%, there's a problem, right? So you have to know that. Um, supplies, you have to know where your supplies are. And if they're getting too high, you, you have, and I've negotiated with supply companies and a few other companies to give the dentists the best deals out there. Um, but it took a lot of work to find them, vet them, and then work out the discount. As, as you know, I mean, I'm sure you've been around and talked to these guys for a while. And that's going to change. Like this year, I could tell you what's going to work on buying supplies or what's going to do. Next year, it could be different, right? If, if their service gets bad, if they kind of want to cut the here and there and they want, if they play games, I scrap them and go vet some others and go find it. So it takes a lot of time to do. And thank goodness I'm retired because it's, it takes a lot of time. So you have to know where your percentages are and read your profit and loss and be accountable. So what you could do in your profit and loss, drop all the things that are not making you money. For example, well, I've got this subscription to this. I've got this. I got, there's a lot of fat. I find 2% like in five minutes of fat that the dentist didn't even know that they're spending. Think about 2% of a million dollar practice. That's 20 grand of of I've, all day long, I'll find 20 grand in five minutes that the dentist doesn't even know what the hell that is. I go, well, if you don't know what it is, you don't need it. And, and some of it, I'll, I'll be honest with you, some of it is lack of intention. And so, mm -hmm. all right, in my practice, the only reading materials out in the front of the office were things that were articles that discussed periodontal disease, that discussed full mouth restorations. I controlled yep. everything my patients saw, smelled, wow 
and heard in my practice. And I may sound like some sort of dictator or Hitler to you guys out there, but the truth is you control the smells. You make it smell like cookies. You make something comforting because people are anxious. The it's next the thing, thing you do, the next thing you do, whenever you get your TV, you make sure that you've got, and some of you guys aren't super, super savvy technically, but this is easier now than it ever was when I was, when I was in practice. You record loops of you talking about things or you interviewing patients and you play those in your TV. You don't play CNN. You don't know what the heck people are going to see whenever CNN comes on. Someone's blowing up a building in Beirut. You don't want that yeah. right before you're treating that patient. And the last thing is you make sure you've got a nice helping of beverages and you offer it to them. You don't just leave it there. Miss Smith, would you like me to make you a coffee? May I help you with that paperwork? You do that, I'm telling you, you're going to be more successful. I'm sorry, Ron, I, I just had to jump in there. No, no, exactly. I mean, we're looking at the same scorecard here. That's exactly what we did. And in fact, I even trained them uh, when you offer them water, right? I, I found that the larger waters were just too cumbersome. I, I had a little table by them. The small waters were- We used the little better. bitty ones. Yeah, yeah, they just worked better. But, you know, oh, may I offer you coffee or water? Oh, water would be great. Would you like it chilled or room temperature? I mean, that tells you that? right there whether or not they have sensitivity too. And that's, that's one of the right. things I told my ladies. If someone says, I want it room temperature, you note that on the chart because they've yep. got sensitivity. And we're going to need to talk about that. And you know what? Let's uh, sensitivity. They probably have periodontal disease. Get a little closer. You'll probably smell it. Sensitive teeth. What works fantastic before I forget is um, Gluma. You know, you put the Gluma in there and rub it in for a minute. And then, but I understand it's green now, but get the clear one. I don't know if they still make the clear because I've been retired two years. Um, but go ahead and rub that in. But what I did is I put a curing light on it. And I think what it does is open up the tubules and it pushes it further. And then I air dry it lightly, but then I put the 3M liquid on top of that. I'm telling you, those two together, way, way better on sensitivity. Guys, just try it, write me, tell me what, what it is, what your expectations are, what, what they were with the patient. So Futurabon Universal, Selfish, seventh generation, has a desensitizer built into it. We used that on sensitive teeth. And of course, we also use the curing light instead of letting it actually cure itself. Same exact response. So, so, so many similarities. It, you may, if yeah, you take someone out of pain, or you give yeah. them a pain-free injection, you've won. Yeah, absolutely. You care. And so what happens is that I get the dentist to start caring about their patients. I just say, oh, the dentist, it's going to be such poor care. Well, that could be a dentist that has lost his focus, doesn't have a purpose, and is not real confident. You're right. That particular dentist, a hygienist, is going to probably be better than the dentist. I, I hate to say that, but it's probably true. But I'm not a, I don't want those dentists on my team. I'm interested in dentists that want to spend more time with the patients, just want to treat them and, and do really good work on them. And so let's go back to caring about the patients and providing a better, better service for them. Absolutely. So we've, we've covered a couple of things there. Um, save money. Okay, uh, one thing, okay, is that save money tomorrow. Um, uh, here's a good one. Well, not, not save money, not save money make more money. So guys, here's, the thing. here's my philosophy. There are two ways you can bring more money home. And the only number on your PL that matters is the net, right? Everything else is just a body part contest. You can insert yep. the body part you want right there. Okay. Your net's here's, all that matters. Here's, here's a couple of things. So patient financing. Uh, if you're not financing your patients, the, the, I found the more that I financed, the much more profit I got. So dentists are telling me, oh no, I'll never pay those fees. And not care credit, forget them. There's a lot better choices than that. But you want a lot more financing in your, in your practice because most Americans have what? Maybe 500 bucks that they could afford at tops, right? So, but when you say, hey, you know, let's say I want to do a crown buildup and you got some perio and a couple fillings and it's, you know, a few thousand dollars, $5,000. You say, hey, look, can you afford $150 a month with no interest? You got $1,000 or $1,200 worth of insurance, split it into two years, boom, you got a $5,000 treatment plan. Five grand takes care of a lot of stuff for a lot of people. 
You know, that's and that's how you, you just sell that all day long. Dentists don't want to finance. They don't want to talk money. I go, well, it just rolls off my tongue so easily because I know you have to know, okay, if they got perio, a couple crowns to do, a couple fillings, in 15 seconds, you can pretty much add that up, what that costs. And you don't have to be exact at this too. That's the other thing. You know, we're, we're trained to be, you have to be exact to the debt. No, you don't. Just say it's about $150 a month with no interest. Can you do that? The more of those I did, incorporate more of those uh, conversions. How do you convert your treatment? Well, first of all, you have to know how to diagnose. That's one problem to make more money. But number two, they have to, they, you, you have to sell dentistry. Well, I teach them use, how not to sell dentistry to make more. Right. And it's show and tell. You always, and then you got to show them what the problem is. Pictures are worth a gazillion dollars, right? I mean, Playboy made a, a pretty good business out of pictures. I mean, people love pictures. Show them a picture. Again, the this podcast will have an explicit rating. <laughs> so, you know, show them pictures and always say the problem is and get up off your chair and point to it on the TV screen. If you don't have a big old TV, get one. It's the best investment you're ever 75 have. inch in every single operatory. Boom. You know, I tell that to Des, I go, okay, fine, get 50. But get a big one so they can actually see the problem and get off off your chair and point to it. You say, oh, you see that problem there because the dentist is too lazy to get up. They don't see. Don't show them x-rays. They ain't going to know anything about an x-ray. And, and then when you want to talk about what they're going to do with the problem, you sit back down and you get a little bit lower than eye level. And Thank you. Take you. Breath and you give them a moment of silence because silence will make them want to break the silence. When they've broken the silence, they are ready to hear about how they're going to get this done. Do you feel like you are wasting your time and money marketing your dental practice? The fact is most marketing companies are not focused on your best interests. They focus on their profit. At Art of Dental Marketing, our engagements are month to month, allowing you a low risk and foundational level to build trust as we build real solutions. Right now, TBOD members can enjoy exclusive discounted pricing on our ultra fast websites and local SEO services. Visit us online at at artofdentalmarketing.com or call us at 913-214-8502. It's awkward, but whoever breaks the silence is the one that's going to lose, right? The first one that talks loses. Is that the middle thing? It, it's so true. Yeah. So, okay. So, and you're right. You get, you know, down in the chair where, where now, you know, your eye level or a little bit below them. And now if they're interested, that's great. You see that problem, but always say, that's the problem. The reason that's important is because you're focusing on the problem, not the pain and not the money, because they're thinking pain and money. That right? What, what's the objections? Pain, money. Uh, sometimes you know, time, sometimes time, but it's usually. Yeah, pain. sometimes time, but we can work with that. Um, so you get them to focus on the problem. You give them choices, explain it and say, you know, what are you interested in? Right away, they'll hop in. Well, what's the cost? We'll get to the cost. I just want to know what kind of treatment are you interested in? Are you interested in like removing teeth, saving teeth? What, where are you at with these options that I gave you? And don't give them a ton of options. You can give them two, maybe sometimes three, but just two. Keep it simple. And then you talk about, okay, well, can you afford $150 a month with no interest? That's, that's all it's going to take. And then we'll, we'll do half of it this year. In January, we'll finish it up. And uh, that'll be that. How's that sound to you? Great. Susie, my assistant, come on in, make the appointment in the operatory with me there. And you go, oh, no, well, why would I do that? I don't know what this is, but when this authority 50 feet from the from the operatory to the front desk, I was losing 25% of the cases that I just sold mm -hmm. in the operatory. Sell it in the operatory and make the appointment while you're there. It takes 15 seconds, uh, 30 seconds to do that. And then the doctor knows what patient to, to move to. You don't want to see that patient two, three, four weeks down the road. You say, Mary, um, next week, you know, what's best for you, mornings or afternoons? Well, then my assistant will go to next week, look in the mornings and afternoons. I'll glance at it and see who I can move if I'm fully booked. And then what I'll do is I'll send the patient, you know, call, I'll personally call the patient up and says, 
Thank you. There, there was kind of an urgency with the patient in uh, thank you very much for moving and I'll send them a little gift certificate. I would rather move somebody for a $20 gift certificate than have a five, ten, fifty thousand dollars case wait a month to see me. Absolutely. Just doesn't make any sense. Well, just because time dilation effect on decision processes, right? The, the right. further away from the decision point you get, the less likely they are to go through with it. That you've got to get them started within the week, ideally, if not within two weeks, but really within the week if you can. And which gets me to my be, it doesn't have to be drilling. You can Correct. have the patient come in and take impressions and say, I really want yes, to look sir. at this more carefully. Yes. Uh, and then we'll schedule you and we can start work. You know? Yep. It, it's, there's something about that commitment. Yep. And that gets me to my next point. You go, oh my gosh, I can never do that. Well, then be, you got just too many patients. Oh my gosh. No, I need all those patients. No, you don't. Oh, this is going to blow them away. Do you know, I never had more than 350 patients. Mm -hmm. That's going to probably blow you away. I always did a million, million, one, less than a 50% overhead. You go, that's just bullshit. No, no, it's not bullshit. No, because I did I, it too. I, you know, you, you really? but, but you notice how many similarities there are in the way that we practice too. That's why this is so cool and refreshing for me, because it's like, I'm getting to talk to an older version of myself, who, you know. <laughs> so, it, okay, guys, it works today with a younger doctor, an older doctor. This is going to work. You know what I love about this business model? It's recession proof. I don't have many expenses, right? It's recession proof. Um, dentists, or when patients come in, I'll do things in stages, put people on. I, no matter what the economy is doing, they're still going to go to the dentist. America is not going to go toothless. Now, in some parts of the country, that's a, a little bit more of an issue. But by and large, dentists, people aren't going to stop going to the dentist. I don't care what the economics do. Back in 2008, 2009, all this bullshit that was happening, my practice didn't even take a hit. I, I never took a hit in my practice. I really never seen that much of a decrease. It's, it's you know, so what you've got to do is convert people. Um, and I just told you how to do that. Let's see, do I give them about five points already? I could go on for an hour and how to give them more points and get more production. Get your fees where they're supposed to be, um, which means in network, doesn't really work. These guys right. that want to produce three, four, five million dollars and take home a million, it sounds all sexy until you produce four or five million dollars in a practice or oversee it because you got everybody else doing it. Right. I don't ever want to manage that. That drive me crazy. I, I, what you're saying there, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a very fine point on it. Find out where your prices are in the percentage of your region. There's lots of different services you can do, th do that with. You can use Renaissance. You can do the, uh, you know, you can do it for free if you use the, the FAIR medical website, but you have to, you know, have people researching that for you, for your most common services. Do the, the, the top 20. Sure. To nine for everything except for exams. And I wanted my exams to be less expensive than everybody else's because I wanted <laughs> everyone coming to me for their emergencies because i don't know about you. emergencies are the best thing in the entire world because that patient is going to do treatment that day yeah you know and it's usually going to be an extraction with bone graft prf maybe an implant placement you know or a bridge so guys who has the money to do it that day they don't so you finance them exactly who you know don't break the bank they're 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 cringing because they got to spend a grand or two at your office that day. Absolutely. UMC. Um, you can go to um, Sunbit. You can go to even Compassion Finance. Even I, I had Compassion Finance for people who couldn't get. And, and I had two people who cheated me, too. But you cover that in your I, I required a 35 percent down payment because if you couldn't come up with 35 percent, I wasn't going to make I wasn't going to take the risk on you. You know, and, and I'm sorry, I don't have to treat everybody. One of the things I notice is that dentists tend to do things that they think are good for patients, but in the end, harm them. They're going to do a MODBLXYZ12345 filling. And whenever you look at the survival rates on those compared to a crown, you're not doing the patient a service. I mean, your, your patient's going to get three years at the most out of that filling if you're doing a filling that big. And I know I'm going to hear all these dentists say, oh, my fillings last for 25 years. No, it's because no, you don't, don't recognize decay on your own fillings. You only recognize it on other people's fillings. 
That's right. Exactly right. So, you know, I find that the dentists that do that, um, they have a really hard time confronting a patient, letting them know that they have to spend money. And so now I have to work through their own money issues. Insecurity. I just did, I just did this with a dentist and it, what it, you know what this came down to? Their parents were fairly kind of poor and they told their kids that anybody that's wealthy was dishonest, took shortcuts or is a thief. And she was in the process of, we doubled her income. And she I, I, don't, I don't want to say what I think about her parents. I'm going to leave that alone because that wouldn't be kind. Yep. Yeah, it wouldn't be kind at all. And, you know, I actually had parents like that, too. My dad worked in a factory at Ford. Anybody that was wealthier than us, they just took shortcuts. Otherwise, they would have figured it out. And, you know, I was brought up with that mentality until I seen the wealthy people and some of them that did mentor me were some of the nicest, giving, more honest people that I've ever run across. Now, there's, of course, there's always slimy and everything. But I found, by the most part, you have to be more honest to be rich. I found I had to be really transparent and as honest as I could be as a human being. And Bruce, I actually did Bruce better. Baird says it absolutely the best. I'm a huge fan of Bruce and um, which is where yeah, some of our similarities came from. I, I mean, I hear some homily in there as well. So I'm pretty sure we, yeah. we did listen to the same people. Um, yeah. So Bruce Baird says one should do well by doing good. It works. You know, they're, they're givers. So let's uh, um, marketing, learn how to market your practice. Most dentists market, here's a, here's the thing. It's going to make you a lot of money. Um, most dentists, it, it's a way of thinking. They go into in network and they're reversing 20, 30, $40,000 a month. You have to call that a marketing fee. You're paying Thank a you. to insurance. It's right? the most expensive, least effective marketing on the planet. Exactly. So give me, not me, the marketer, Four or five thousand dollars a month, even four. Four would definitely get the needle where we need it to go. And let's learn to effectively market. And it's going to cost you four thousand and put your fees where they should be instead of costing you twenty or thirty thousand a month. But there's so many bullshitters and so many dentists have gotten burned on marketers is the problem. So there are a few really good ones out there. But I agree, three out of four that I ran across. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something, though. So one of the interesting things that I found is, um, again, with the longer time that you spend with a patient, the higher your, your, your um, actual case acceptance is, guys. And there's it's an actual direct correlation. How do you do that with a hygienist and in-network then? So one of the things that I found in working with a lot of different marketers, because I, I, do, I do work or did work with a lot of different marketers in my career, I found that my closure rate on cases, and, and when, I, when I talk about case closing, I'm talking about you close 100% of the dollar amount that is on the treatment plan. It's not that someone did a filling when you have a $50,000 treatment plan. That's not a case closure. That is like a, you know, a 0.1% treatment plan closure rate. Most dentists around the United States right now have between a 12.5 and a 20% rate of closure. I had a 58% rate of closure. I didn't know that. Really? Is that bad? Yeah, that bad. My, my, my closure rate was 58%, and that's 58% of 100% of the treatment. That's high. It's so, very high. And it came from spending time with patients and listening to people who were more successful than me. That, that silence payment plan, Dr. Jeff Gino, um, very active in the AGD, brilliant guy. He told me his plan is to do one crown and one root canal every single day. Crown in the morning, root canal in the, in the afternoon. They come back the next day for the crown. And that's how he grew his practice. And he made bank. He had other stuff he filled in. But the thing is, is he told me, he said, what you do is you tell them a problem. You get them to own the problem. And then you shut up. Because eventually the patient's going to beg you because the problem's weighing on their mind. The patient's going to beg you to tell them how to fix it. And then instead of jumping on it, like every other dentist in the world, take a deep breath. I, I guess we could crown it. We we can we can put a crown on it, and that that'll last you ten years or so. It it's not cheap. It's good treatment, and then shut up again. And then the patient will ask you to do the treatment. It's the most amazing thing. 
when, but it, God, it tears you up inside the first few times you do it. And you're like, no one's talking. That's because it's working on you guys. The next thing I did is I, I read Influence and I studied the works of, of Robert Cialdini. And I studied Dr. Ch uh, doc, Dr. Christopher Phelps, Dr. Homily. I started, like, like I said earlier, Bruce Baird. You know, I wish that I had gotten to meet a couple of uh, the older guys. Uh, Elmer Diso is a hero of mine. I wish I had gotten to meet him. Who, who did you learn from? You know, know Woody you, Oaks. You're, you're Woody the Oaks. teacher now, you know? Yeah, Woody Oaks came up with a lot of good stuff years ago. One of his, his better things, if you ever look it up, Pink Ice Cream. It's an article he wrote that's just going to be timeless. But he would find a lot of, he, he'd take all these good people from all over the United States and bring the best ideas into his newsletter. <clears throat> so I, I did get a lot from that. A lot was from experience, right? I mean, 37 years of doing this, you kind of learn a thing or two. Takes you a few times. And so I guess there wasn't one person. It was, you know, Spear has something for you. This guy has something for you. I, I was never a one, you know, one guy has figured exactly. it all out. Right. Well, and because not everything fits you. And, and that's right. something else people have to understand is even whenever we're talking about uh, treatment diagnosis, what fits you? You might be amazing at doing inlays. I hate inlays. I think they're one of the least time efficient restoratives possible. And frankly, inlays have a really high fracture rate compared to, you know, a three quarter crown or a crown. So in my hands, I didn't have the ability to do it. I, I'm a good dentist. I'm a definitely above average dentist. I didn't have the ability to do those perfect inlays and onlays that I see some of the old timers do. Oh, oh God, my yes. God, those, that's artwork. Strop. Oh goodness. His, his work, man. I, I, I get giddy every time I see one of his preps. They're just yep. gorgeous. Yep. I don't have that ability. I'm above average, but I'm not that, that artistic and I'm not that good. And that, I think that's most dentists. Most dentists are above average and they really try hard to do above average work. And that's good. Nobody has to be perfect in dentistry. You just can't be bad, right? <clears throat> but diagnose, I don't know. Did we give people more than five? Should we keep going? You, you can go as long as you want. I've got another 20 minutes for this podcast. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so here's, here's the problem I'm running into. And, and you and I talked about this and you, you gave me permission to talk about this. My problem is this. I help, I've helped over 450 dentists since I've retired on one to three hour telephone conversations once or twice, giving them as much as I can give them and putting them on the right path and giving them some hope and working with them. There's doctors that want me to work with them for months. So I had to come up with something like, how am I going to do this? So I started doing it for free. Well, they wouldn't show up for the appointments. Wouldn't do what I want to do. So I go, okay, well, free ain't working. So I got to charge them. And I charge them like 3,900 bucks a month, which is something like a, a good, well-paid dental assistant. I had to come up with something. But I found that number, they actually paid attention and showed up for the appointments and started doing what I said. My kids and... and some charities, Kids Lives Matter, Inc., look it up. It's a good charity uh, down here in Florida. There's a lot of good charities that I could give to. So, you know, when you do that, um, the problem is I can only take on maybe three or four offices at a time. I'm a retired guy. I got retired things to do. My grandkids are down the street. My son is here. So that's all I could do. Well, I've got a big, large waiting list. So I came up with this just two nights ago, you know, talking to you, because I know there's going to be more people now contacting me. I live five minutes from the airport. I'm virtually two miles from the airport property. So if dentists want to fly down, if there's a lot of you, we'll rent a room. Hey, we can come to my house, swim in the pool at night and talk. That's when all the learning happens anyway, a few drinks. Um, and, and try to... I learned more after my CEs, the, the really high-end CEs, whenever you, yeah. you pull aside the speaker, you get them a drink and you say, no, 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 this one's on me. I've got a couple of questions. You learn yeah. the most important lessons of life right then. And that's why I'd have a pool conference, you know, after the seminar. The seminar is good, but people will loosen up, get them a drink, and they'll, they'll talk candidly on really what's on their mind. And a lot of people have the same things on their mind. They're just bashful to, to talk about it during the seminar. But, you know, if I can get them down a Friday and a Saturday, I can go through 
the bulk of it in just two days and train 25, 50, 100 dentists at a time on this thing. What I want to do is I don't, I'm not here to get a business. I already made my money in dentistry. <clears throat> what I'd like to do is train enough of them and then get the ones that are interested to take this business model and make it for yourself. I'll help you, right? I'll give you all my data and everything. It'd be kind of a cool legacy for me go make millions of dollars. Okay, I might ask for a small percentage because I still have charities I want to go, but you know, take the lion's share, I'll help you, but I want you to be successful at this model. I've got a few that we've doubled and tripled their income already, like in months, months, by doing this and thinking this way. So how do, how do you help them to overcome the fear? Because the problem is, is that as dentists, we are, as I like to call us, risk adverse. What that really means is, guys, we're a bunch of cowards in some ways because we're super smart. We see all the possible outcomes. We worry about our work going to waste because we put so much time and effort into it. And, um, and, and frankly, harking back to uh, Robert Frost's wall mending, it was his father saying, therefore, a good one. We don't like to question that which has come before. We just kind of want to stick in our lane and not poke our heads up too much and not be noticed and just do it. But guys, more and more today, if you want to be successful, you want to be unusually successful, do unusual things. You know, and it comes back to the two things that have worked every time when I've worked on this with the dentist is working on their confidence and finding why they're not confident and revisiting their purpose. Guys, you didn't go to dental school to see how many patients you could see in a day and get a big staff going, how much money you can make. Dentists, 99% of you guys did not go into dentistry for that. You wanted to care for people. You wanted them to do better and have good periodontal health, have them look better, restore their mouths. Let's get back and get rid of this noise, this in-network hygienist, 10 people, man, this is bullshit. Let's get back to caring for people and doing the best that we can. If you can't do that, then you shouldn't be in here. It amazes me the guys that say, oh, I'm just bashful. I can't do that. Well, why the hell did you go into a people business if you're bashful? That makes no sense to me. Absolutely. They, they should have been MDs and operating on people while they were asleep. I, you know, I, go, I joke with my, my wife all the time. I, I wish I could knock all my patients out to clean their teeth. You know, yeah. it's, it's just not the way that we work. This is a people business. And, and I, I'm going to tell you guys, this is a relationship business. Mm -hmm. And you don't build relationships in four minutes. You know what? If you want to make more money tomorrow, you get your team on board with this thinking where we're there to serve people and care for them. Everything else is bullshit, Right. So when we get our team meeting, we say, okay, what did we do really good this week? What did we need improvement on? And give me, you know, your recommendation on how we're going to straighten it out. We go around there and around the horn, straighten it out. That's how to be a leader. Have a really good bonus system because if you are doing good care, your numbers automatically go up. If you're doing thorough diagnosing, presenting treatment properly, caring for people, getting them a blanket, making sure they're comfortable, communicating with them, you should make more money and there should be an extra bonus and a nice bonus for everybody. It's as simple as this works. Well, guys, you heard it here. Now, so Ron, how can they get in touch with you? And by the way, we do need to make a disclosure. Um, I am not making any money at all by bringing this to you guys. Um, I, I, I just want to help you out. I want you to have a, a more successful career. I want you to have a more fulfilling life. Uh, I sure enjoy mine. Well, I'll tell you, if you guys want to come down, I'm going to take $1,000 off of what I usually charge. It's $3,900 a month is what I charge dentists, which is ridiculously low for somebody that, that has done real well in dentistry. Well, I'm now going to take $1,000 off if you mentioned this podcast. $2,900, you fly down here. If I can get at least a group of, you know, five to 10 guys, at least five to 10 guys, you know, I'll put one on. Um, if you want to do this individually, well, that's fine too, but I can't see a lot of people. So they can get a hold of me at, uh, I guess, go to my um, Pharmadin site. Pharmadin is a, a dental nutraceutical, the only one with a double blind study on periodontal patients. We should talk about that sometime. Proven to work. Uh, I've been around for 20 years. So anyway, just go P H A R M A 
D-E-N.net and just go to my calendar and just we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll talk and we'll meet each other. And, and I think it's a 20 minute thing, 20 minute talk that we could have, but I'm willing to help any dentist more than 20 minutes just to help you understand and go on to the right track of, of the way of thinking, because everybody else seems to be going the other way. We're not going to care for people anymore, right? This is about money and let's get going. No, we didn't get into this to, to see how much money we can make. However, if you do 80, do 1.2 million and you get a 50% overhead, guys, we're making a very good living. We're, we're doing a better living doing this than the dentists that are doing in-network insurance making 150 to 300,000. And they're running around stressed out. This is craziness. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. Ron, thank you for joining us here on the Deer Doc Podcast. I'd like to remind you all that Ron is a dentist member of the Business of Dentistry. And if you would like to ask him some questions, go ahead and drop a comment down below or feel free to DM him. Click on his name, click message. Ron, you're going to get lots of messages. So guys, thank you for joining us here for the Deer Doc Podcast. As always, thank you for your support and your time. This is Dr. Christopher Huffpower signing out. Hey guys, this is Doc Huffpower, founder of the Business of Dentistry and host of the Dear Doc podcast. Today, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about one of our sponsors. 4G Dental Labs has been a sponsor of the Business of Dentistry for over two years now. They're a family-owned business located here in Houston, Texas. They're fast, they're reliable, but best of all, they provide affordable quality. They're just plain, honest, good people. For our TBOD members, for your first 20 crowns, every fifth one will be free. Contact 4G Dental Labs at 833-682-8901. Again, that's 833-682-8901. Or you can mail or even just stop by. Jeff Guidi, the owner, would be glad to see you. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Deer Doc Podcast on all major platforms.